Welcome to Extra Holes Podcast Postmasters. Masters 2020 is in the books. I hope 2022, Johnny. What I consider the best week in golf. 2022, Johnny. 2022. Did I say 2020? You did. 2022. I'm two <laughs> years behind. My bad. All right. Um, tough conditions on Friday and Saturday made it very interesting for the field. Scotty, what did you think about your Masters week? Boy, it was, uh, as Jim Nance would say, it was one for the ages. I mean, it, it had everything you want from soup to nuts, but obviously uh, the big story was Tiger. Yeah, you know, you, you, you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, you know, what I think we saw was Tiger, you know, we saw a guy become Superman. Uh, it was, you know, his accomplishments in the last 17 months. I mean, he almost lost his leg. His leg was on the table, actually, as a possible amputee. And to do what he did and, you know, I, I think the biggest accomplishment, you know, other than being able to compete at a high level was that's not an easy walk, Scott. It's not an easy walk at all. Oh, so like your first one. tournament back in 17 months, you're picking the hardest golf course to walk. Yes. I mean, I think the weather was obviously a factor. I, there was less than 10 guys, 10 players under par at the end of 72 holes. Um, I mean, if we wanted to do a whole segment on Scotty Sheffroy, we could. I mean, you talk about a great guy who I, I think most everyone wants to cheer for, I guess, unless you're maybe an Oklahoma fan and don't like Texas, but uh, that's going to be a great story. But yeah, Tiger, it was awesome. He was definitely uh, more humble. Um, hell, they did everything, but, you know, uh, film him going to the bathroom the whole week. I mean, as soon as he got out of the car, you know, the camera was on him the whole time. And I think in a way that might've helped a lot of the other players in the field because the focus was clearly on Tiger the whole time, as it should be. Yeah, you know, I think from the get-go, and, and I know they expressed this on, on Live from the Masters, but, you know, the physicality was going to be always the, the number one question, right? Um, we, even back in the, in the, in the uh, father-son, we saw some, some great things out of him, you know, even though he calls it hit and giggle. I mean, he still was hitting golf shots and actually was getting, getting the ball out there off the tee, and then come Tuesday, Wednesday, when you're hearing other players, you play practice rounds with them saying he's absolutely ripping it off the tee. You know, that was all, you know, like, hey, Tiger, you know, probably is 75 to 80 percent back when it came to, you know, it's just about is, 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 you know, he's walked 18 holes. He's walked nine holes. He's walked, you know, here and there, but he has not walked 72 holes in a row on one of the hilliest golf courses that he'll ever play. And you know, that showed on Sunday or maybe a little bit Saturday afternoon, you know, him limping pretty darn bad. Well, your good buddy Paul McGinley hit the nail on the head on more than one occasion, but that physicality term came from him, at least what I heard. And obviously the Masters is must-see TV, but live from the Masters with uh, Rich Lerner basically just, you know, handed it off to Brandall and Paul. That was must-see for me because those guys' analysis – they went at it, but they went at it like brothers. They were respectful of each other. But Paul said on Friday, because Brandon was kind of getting enamored with, you know, Tiger maybe, and and uh, and Paul just kept saying, you know, it's he's not going to make it through the weekend. And he hated to say it, you could tell, and even apologize. He goes, I apologize. He goes, but the physicality of it is that it's, he's probably not going to make it. And he shot a pair of 78 on the weekend. Again, it wasn't easy golf, but uh, I thought – Either way you shake it up, Tiger was a much more humbled uh, champion. And uh, even DeChambeau and some of the guys stayed just to watch Tiger play. 
And John Rahm was even quoted as saying, shit, I just wanted to watch him play, man. It was, you know, an honor to watch him play. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about the the new team there with McGinley and Lerner and and Chambly a little bit later in the in the podcast. But you know, I, I, you're you're absolutely right. You know, and McGinley did say, "Hey, Randall, just calm down. What he's done is absolutely amazing. It's a phenomenal feat what he's doing." But we all have said the first first round was going to be his best round because he's fresh. Let's just see how it progresses and. Like you said, McGinley nailed it on, on the head. But, um, I mean, I thought, I thought what was really cool was when he walked off 18 and walked all the way to get a scorecard sign, you'd think he'd won the Masters. I know. It was, it was insane. It was like the Beatles was in town, man. And he, I think he had those ovations every time he came to a green, you know, the whole way around. Yeah. And uh, it was fun to watch. I can promise you I did not miss a second on Sunday. I watched – Every single second of the uh, telecast. Yeah, I was with you there. And and, and the other thing, too, that it, it was kind of rare, and you look about the physicality, because I saw something that I've never seen out of Tiger before, and that is his putting on Saturday, which was so atrocious. But, you know, one thing that you never hear about Tiger was, especially at Augusta, was I never got my feel or my speed down. He's right. always had that there. And I have a feeling that a lot of it had to do with the body being a little bit of time being tired. That right. was, I think that Saturday was the, the toughest of the four days when it came to right. being very cold and really windy. So, yeah. you know, I think it wore on them a little bit and, you know, being in Minnesota, you playing all different types of weathers, you know, when you're, you're dealing with a cold wind, it, it beats you up. I mean, you're pretty exhausted after the rounds over, especially walking a steep, a steep golf course. That's, that's true. He, uh, I think he had, uh, four three bangers on Saturday. Um, you're absolutely and right. And a four banger. Yeah. I mean, uh, we played last Saturday here in like 48 degree temperatures. It was balmy for here. Okay. But mind you, not only do you get tired in the wind, but your muscles kind of constrict. You don't, you're just not relaxed. And for Tiger to uh, to putt like that. And again, I, I don't know what the hell people expected out of him for not, you know, almost being on his deathbed 17 months ago to walk in 72 holes at Augusta. He, he came this far short. He, he almost said it was a victory by him finishing 72. He, again, he wanted, you know, in the early pressers, he was like, I came here to win. And I know he did mentally, but I think at the end of Sunday, he was pretty happy that he accomplished what he accomplished. You know, and, and, and there's a, there a thought in my mind come Sunday morning, right? Or yeah. even Saturday afternoon, because the rehab, you know, he had a whole team of people there, but sitting after sitting in ice, ice baths, you know, every single night, you know, and he's been doing this, like there's been no day off once he's, he's left the bed, you know, um, and he was in the bed for three months, right. Or something crazy. Right. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I, a part of me said, okay, should I WD, you right. know what I mean? Like just, just to get my body recover. Right. But a part of, uh, you know, one, he'll never do it. It's Augusta. He would never do that to the patrons. Right. But the other thing too, would be like, I need to know where my body stands after 72 holes. Right. So I got to yeah. go. I don't care if I shoot a hundred, I got to go out and walk another 18 just to kind of see what my recovery period is going to be like. Right. And, um, you know, I thought that was, you know, something that I think you need to do because, you know, look at, I don't know about the country club and I don't know too much about, you know, Southern Hills, but I know that, you know, St. Andrews is as flat as it's going to be. Right. So, well, he's already committed to St. Andrews. You know that. 
right. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if his recovery goes, but I still think for him to contend, I still think he needs to play the week before. I don't yeah, know. And I'm not me. sure what the week before the open is. Uh, it's usually, actually, it's usually John Deere because they fly those guys over from right. the John Deere classic. So, um, and that's, I think that's where he made his uh, tour debut, honestly. So that might be kind of fun for him to do that, but I, I, I'd rather see him if he's going to play the week before, I'd rather see him play in, uh, is it the Irish open or the Scottish open? Block no, no, so what, it, what he'll do, what he'll do is, is because of jet lag, he'll go over on that Friday or whatever, and he'll just play something you know, like he used to play with Marco Mara, like down at Waterville and somewhere yeah. around Ireland and just get that. But I'm talking about the PGA in May and, and maybe the U S open in June. Do you play the week before? Well, Cara Banks uh, asked him straightforward right after the round on Sunday when, when we'd see him next. And he said, you know, he basically said, shit, I've been in ice baths, you know, all day except for being on the golf course. And he didn't know. So I think he probably uh, had to assess after the 72 holes where he was at and how long it's going to take him to get back uh, to being able to do that again. But I think the toughest challenge is over because, you know, uh, that, that golf course is hard to walk. I was at Palmetto one day and, and kids came up and it was the weekend before the masters. And we we're all like, Hey kids, you're going to go play 18 today. And he said, hell no. He goes, I'm going to play a nine, man. He goes, that course is hard to walk. Yeah. And, and th th these are guys that are in shape. Yeah, these, are, exactly. you know, these guys are been training in their shape and they don't like to walk that golf course. So yeah. I think that it, uh, you know, before we talk about Scotty Scheffler, I think it was great, obviously great for golf. The ratings were out of sight. I mean, right. um, I think Paul told you that NBC said they had record ratings. Yeah. yeah and, yeah. And CBS, because NBC's golf channel and CBS right, yeah, does, yeah, yeah. does yeah. the weekend. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you want to any more about Tiger? You want to swing into a no? Scotty I mean, it's, it's you know, I know that we're talking about Tiger a lot, and you think that he'd won the golf tournament, but there is this guy named Scotty Scheffler who's number one in the world. And you know, the way that I looked at it, you know, the new number one stayed number one and played like number one, and um, he was the only only player to break par in all four rounds. And that's with a four putt on the last hole, which in my mind yeah. was just so disappointing to watch him finish that way. I know. Um, I agree. But, you know, look, I mean, it was, it, you know, I don't know. I know we, we, we talk a lot during the week and, and I just, you know, I thought it was just going to be a match play event, you know, and here's the guy that's won the match play the last two years in a row, you know? So I, yeah, I, I, I always was... felt it was his, his to lose. Um, but, you know, as we say, you know, after after Cam Smith birdied one and two, it got quite interesting. Yeah, Cam, uh, I'm sure Cam's a great guy. I don't know him. He's easy to cheer for. But I'm going to guess that most of the fans were cheering for Scotty Scheffler because it was kind of like a James Bond versus Joe Dirt. I mean, I just couldn't picture that freaking mullet with a green jacket around it. Holy yeah, shit. I guarantee, I guarantee, uh, what's his name? The start of the tournament with Bobby Ridley. Ridley. No, the guy that started Roberts. Uh, oh yeah. Shit, yeah. he was rolling over in his damn grave. He's like, man, we can't have that mullet head wearing a damn green jacket. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We need the short, you know, nice cut haired guy uh, winning this thing. So right. Um, right. Yeah. Um, I did. I think you're right though. When he birdied one and two and, and Scotty was lucky to get up and down. Uh, he made a good up and down on one. Uh, and then on two, he kind of, you know, he had a big drive and, and didn't make birdie. Um, and then three's one. Well, I, in my opinion, three's the, the hole that turned the entire tournament around, even though it got close after 11. That chip in of Scheffler's was uh, shit. That was a, that'll go down in the books for a while. You know, I, I, 
I absolutely agree. I think it was the, the whole flip because I'll tell you, Cam's got momentum going. Um, but what I thought was so impressive with Scotty is I, and, and shame on me, I didn't know his short game was that good or was it just that good that week? Uh, you know, no, his short good. game was very, very impressive. The chip and runs were tap-ins, you know what I mean? So that up and down on one and the up and down on four, I mean, he, he plays one through four, not very good, and is one under par, yeah, right, exactly. you know? So that, so that was quite quite interesting. And and I think McGinley even in, in kind of said it right about Cam Smith. He's a swashbuckler. I mean, he's got the pirate look, you know, kind of doing right, it. He's right. a swashbuckler by saying, you know what? When this guy is on and everything's clicking, I'll be honest with you, Scotty, I don't think anybody can beat the kid. I think he just makes so many birdies. I mean, look what he did in Hawaii. He shot 33 under par. Yeah. You know, so he makes a lot of birdies. But what I'm finding out is he makes a lot of bogeys too. Right. And in this tournament, when you're chasing three and you get it to chasing one, now you're really looking at a match play and you you have all momentum there sitting on that third hole. And by the way, Scheffler hits it worse than you do on three, gets right. a lucky drop, right? Yeah, or no, it doesn't chunk it, but doesn't get it on the green. Get screen wide open for you. Just hit it in the middle of the green and two putt and get the hell out of there. Right. You know, you know what I mean? But no, you chunk and you're on grass. He was on grass. Yep. So I I agree with you 100 percent That was the big flip because here you are one shot, now all of a sudden it's a two-shot swing. And by the way, on four, his iron Cam's iron shot was literally a foot from being a foot. Yeah. So, I mean, just too many mistakes. I mean, five was a mistake and obviously 12 was a mistake. And so it's, it's 12 just was more mistake. 12 yeah. cost him a green jacket, probably. Right. It well, has many of men. Yeah. It's just every time that he found momentum, he didn't capitalize on it. And that right. was, I think the big, you know, the big uh, turn of events there, but uh, you know, what we did see though on, on Sunday was some unbelievable play from Rory McIlroy. And oh, yep. if that kid can just play his Thursdays, right. I mean, I, I, he led the tour in driving. I, sorry. He led the event in driving. Yep. And you know, if that guy drives the golf ball, he should win every golf tournament. I think he, he might have led rings regulation. I think my led yeah. rings regulation as well. I, I think you're right. And he had eight iron into two, eight iron into the par five, two and wow. makes par. Now, again, it all balances out when he holds an unbelievable bunker shot on 18. That, yeah, that was, that was, a, that made the day. That was, you know what? He holds it out and, and uh, Morikawa raises his arms, cheering. And then two minutes later, Morikawa holds it and Rory's got his arms up. That was a pretty special moment, I thought. Yeah, no, it was great. And, and you know, it's just, you're, you're looking at the finish of the Masters, right? And it's just a, you know, it's, it's roars, you know what I mean? That's what they talk about. The back nine is roars. And, and uh, Scotty ended up saying, yeah, he goes, I, I heard that roar all the way on 18. And, you know, I did finally look up and saw that he was seven under, you know, but yeah, I, the other thing about Scheffler that, uh, you know, I, I know that a lot of people are talking about, and I think it was gigantic. Ted Scott was, was, I think yes. he couldn't have put a per perfect guy on the bag. That was only his ninth event on the bag with Scotty. Yeah. He actually came out of retirement. And also, uh, Wilson, the coach, is uh, is a is a Jerry is a Jerry Wilson. Randy, Randy, Randy Smith. Randy, you mean Randy Smith? Shit, you know. Yeah. yeah. I was close. At least yeah. it was uh, you know two names. Um, <laughs> but 
he coached Justin Leonard and he was also a big influence, but I agree. Teddy Scott did a, you know, sometimes the best jobs are the ones where you kind of stay out of the way. And, you know, cause you, you carried on the LPGA tour and caddied for Paul in some events. I mean, it's just having that, that calmness about you saying the right thing at the right time, sometimes saying nothing. Right. Um, the other thing that we haven't talked but about, even, we talk even, about, but even oh, prep, sorry, but then prepping them in the tournament. Right. So the, this is, I know that he played there before at a college event or through college because he was Texas, I guess, played there or whatever. Yes. With some, from some members. Yeah. But, you know, I think Ted Scott of like, no, we need to hit it here and we need to hit it here. And, and he, I guarantee you, Scott, he's just going, okay, whatever you want me to do type of deal. So I just, I think because he's won out there twice and he knows how to like, Hey, we need to play aggressive here. Mike, you know, I know we're getting, I know he's, I know we talk about the whole Dottie Pepper thing, but I mean, oh God! I mean, you you were thinking at one point he was going to lay up, but he's like, I got five iron, I can blow it in the crowd, I can blow it in that bunker, I'm still okay. How and Dottie then, Pepper keeps that job is beyond me. She's standing in the middle of fairway, she's got, and she goes, yeah, he's kind of locked behind the trees, he's got a nine iron out, he's just going to get it down there, and then all of a sudden he just absolutely ropes a five iron around the tree, and and uh, what would Faldo say? That looks like a pretty long nine iron to me or something like that. Exactly. Well, when he started taking it back, somebody, I don't know, I think it was somebody who was in the box. It was like, I don't know if it was Immelman or whatever goes, that looks more than a nine iron, Dottie. <laughs> God, how does she fan on that one? I mean, she had several faux pas, but that's just, that's her MO. Um, yeah. By and large, I like listening to the, to the crew they have, but yeah, she, she was terrible. And she also remember when she said, I mean, Cam Smith had been snap hooking it since the freaking TPC when he won the players. And he, you know, snaps when she goes, I think maybe he needs to go look at that driver. Yeah, exactly. No shit, Dottie, really. <laughs> really? He had like five snap hooks on Sunday. You yeah. think he didn't I think he's going to have to work on that pull draw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lord, man. Yeah. You want to talk a little bit about Zala Torres, Kisner, and Justin Thomas? Yeah. Before we get to that, I had a couple more thoughts on Scheffler. Um, the, the bogey he made on Saturday after driving it into the trees on 18, that shot he hit after he took a penalty was an unbelievable. I mean, that was a hell of a five. I'm sure when you talk about Teddy Scott, that he helped kind of calm him through that. And sometimes, as you know, being a tournament player, uh, a bogey can be a great score. My coach at Purdue, Joe Campbell, used to say, hey, five's better than six in golf. Yeah. And so you make the best number you can make. So I thought that was impressive. The other thing I thought was really interesting uh, that he opened up in the presser afterwards was how he broke down crying the morning of the Masters. Did you see that part? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or he, or he told Amy, he said, I, I don't know if I'm ready for this. And he started crying. Meredith. 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 You're, you're, and, you're on fire with names this morning. Well, uh, what's your Amy's, name again? Amy's Phil's wife. What's your name again, Fred? <laughs> Eat shit and die. All right, so anyway, um, she basically, and I didn't know he was, and I'm happy for I didn't know he was a man of such faith. And she just said, hey, this isn't in your hands, buddy. Just throw it out there and let it happen. And he did. And the how humble he is is amazing. I mean, he is going to be easy to cheer for for a long, long time. Yeah, and his life, is, I mean, look at he's made over probably $10 million in the last six weeks, right? But or I'm sorry, last six tournaments. But, um, you know, yeah, life is going to change here a little bit, right? You know, yeah. so. I think that whole family and being humble and needs to stay, stay, stay compact and yep. not have everybody, you know, shooting stuff in his ears. You know, Randy Smith's son is his agent. So that's hopefully, right. So hopefully they just keep him as is and 
you know, because, you know, you're going to get sponsors, you're going to get a lot of people are going to come your way. And, you know, right. it's just how do you handle now this level when you were, you know, here? So, well, I think that's where he's got to, you know, lean on on uh, Randy Smith's brother, his agent, and try to deflect. As, you you got to deflect as much as that shit as you can, because he, you know, he just needs to go out and play golf, do his thing. I'm sure he's going to settle down and have kids and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean, you talk about a guy that won four times in 57 days. He's played 13 events this year, seven top tens. Um, but the other key that I was going to tell you that we hadn't mentioned that I think really set the foundation for what he's done this year is the fact that Stricker picked him for the Ryder Cup and how well he performed in the Ryder Cup because there's no bigger stage than the Ryder Cup. I mean, that's right. bigger than Augusta. I mean, Augusta, yeah. if you had to rank, you know, which tournaments are going to make you sweat it out, you'd have to say Ryder Cup one and probably Augusta two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, the U.S. Open is just pure grind will, you know what right. I mean? Um, or maybe yeah, the totally San, Clemente, and- San Clemente Muni, the, the club championship there, that could be three. <laughs> you got a buck, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, put your hat back and buckle up that that belt buckle. Um, but uh, you know, and that's the other thing is is I think even though they got a tired Rom in the singles, he still just put it to him on that day and he did. and just kind of showed the number one who you know who was boss. So um, I think he's he's deserved everything he's earned, and I think he's going to be earning more here. And and yeah. uh, Scotty Scheffler, I think, is uh, possibly a, you know a future Hall of Famer, and and uh, you know, I just hope that he's, he stays on the road that he's on when it comes to who he is as a person and who he is as a family person. And I agree and, and go from there. And I, I have a feeling that that will happen. I think he's got a good team behind him. I think he's got good friends. But um, so that's it. Hey, getting back to live at the Masters. I know that we yeah. were going to discuss a little bit about this and, and we've already thrown a couple of two cents in there. But, you know, uh, I again, I'm biased. I'm good friends with Paul. Um, but, you know, I think it's a, it's a great, fresh, new look for them. I think uh, you got uh, Brandel and Paul who uh, are doing their homework. Yes. Um, I think I think they have a lot of respect for the view that they take, the angle that they take. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, you know, it looks like it's going to be like this all the way through all the majors in the President's Cup. Um, so, um, and, and, and poor Rich Werner sometimes doesn't get a word in. No, and that's not a bad thing either. I mean, uh, I think I told you earlier in the week, it really appears as though, you know, obviously McGinley's great. And I think that they now push each other. I think Chambly finally has somebody that does as much homework as he does. And, you know, they're trying to out, outdo who's, who's, you know, most greens in regulation, who's lowest stroke average, this, that, and the other. But at the end of the day, both of them, you know, are pretty damn good. And I thought Paul did a heck of a job. Um, and... I don't know what his contract is, if he's going to just be doing the majors for golf channel or what, but I'll certainly look, he'll be must see TV for me. I, you know, I'll enjoy tuning in to listen to his analogy. Yeah. I mean, look at the, the ratings were up because tiger is back in after 17 months. Right. Yeah. So you may what that, but, but I thought that once the golf was over, um, the, the group was able to keep the, the, the viewer entertained by, you know, their viewpoints and how they, and, and what they thought and, and, and what they thought the future was. Now I'll never take a, another golfer that Paul has picked. Um, he took uh, one guy that uh, came Brooks. in like, Kef- he took he Kefka, he one Kefka of them. as his favorite, but then he also took the kid from Germany or whatever. I don't know where he's from. Oh, uh, uh, 
Thomas Peters. Thomas Peters, who shot 15 over the first round. So, so he's not good. And I'm going to tell you, folks, don't don't take his view on who he thinks is going to win that week. But um, he did come back after the first day and said, watch out for Shane Lowry because of the short game, because the wind was going to come up. On and Friday, he was kind of in the hunt at one point in time. And, yeah. and he was in the hunt, yeah, at one point. So, but uh, yes, he, he will be there, uh, Scotty, for the um, PGA for the U.S. Open, and he'll be there for the Open Championship, and then he'll end it with the President's Cup. So they've signed him all the way through that. Does he have to work for Sky Sports? Does he work for Sky Sports too? Yeah, so it's a long day. He goes he goes into Sky Sports in the morning and does all that, and then he gets in a golf cart and they shuttle him over to the, the, the um, set to do uh, live for the Masters. So it's uh, it's seven days of a grind. Yeah, uh, you know what? We have fun doing this podcast, and I you know, and we do a little bit of homework. Obviously, I did a great deal of homework on the names, as I you know barely can get your name out of my mouth today. But I mean, <laughs> the work. All right, guys, you're going on vacation tomorrow. It's okay. Ah, uh, 5 a.m., baby. I'm going down to Palmetto for five yeah. days. I cannot wait. I am yeah. so excited. Yeah. I talked to Brooksy, the pro today. They're playing. The course is closed today because they uh, they open up the week of the Masters, and yeah. it's the only time of the year that they open up to the public. And uh, today is the day where they let the course rest and they whatever. So the staff gets to let their hair down, and they went over to play at Aiken Golf Club, which is a great golf course too. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. But back to the Masters, uh, I just want to say Will's out towards. I mean, he's been playing great at the Masters. I think if he figures out that putting, he's got a big future ahead of him. And he, he checks all the right boxes other than maybe the putter a little bit. But, but, you know, let's just look at, you know, where he's come from and where he is now. But he is a guy to always, for some apparent reason, he raises his level at all the at all the majors. And yeah. uh I, I think he's one to, to keep an eye on when it comes to, you know, a possible quote sleeper to, you know, to, to yep. do something. So uh, I don't know. It's, I don't know if it's just uh, he's more focused. I don't know what it is, but um, that kid's making a name for himself. Every, every major. Yep. Agreed. So. And uh, I, w- I was going to give a shout out to kids because uh, Kevin's played some good golf this year. Uh, he had, I think it was a solo three or T te- I think it was solo three at uh at the players and if that birdie goes in on 18 it might make it a little bit different for cam i mean cam got lucky as shit on 17 he was not trying to hit it over the edge of the water um and then kids just i think he just ran out of gas in the match play against scotty i mean he's playing against the number one player in the world and you know he's got 11 or 12 years you know his senior uh, over i mean scheffler's only 25 i think kids is either 36 or seven right in there and uh i he just ran out of gas but he's playing great golf um all three of the boys from palmetto were in the heritage this week uh, matt neesmith's been playing some great golf he finished uh t for three at the valse bar and uh and scott brown's been playing good on the corn Ferry tour he's actually all three of those guys are in the field but anyway it's it's fun to watch kids compete and i'm really hoping that he uh, continues to play well accumulates the points and gets on that Ryder cup team because i think i think that the course over in paris or rome or wherever it is is it where is it rome yeah, I think that course is suited for him. And, you know, it goes without question that he's a bulldog grinder. So um, well, that is, takes it, you know, into this year. I mean, how, how does how does somebody like Davis Love not put him and Zalatoris on this on this team? Yeah. You know, yeah. Zalatoris is a Wake, Wake Forest guy, right? And, he is. And, and Kiz is just a pit bull showing that he's a match play guy. So if they yeah. can continue to keep playing like they're playing, I mean, it's stupid not to have them on it. Exactly. 
So. so our next major is in May, and that's at Southern Hills in Tulsa. Yeah. Tiger has won there. So, I, you know, it'll be interesting to see. Oh, by the way, you owe me a dinner or a drink or something for Tiger playing in the Masters. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But I, yeah, okay, whatever. What? Cat got your tongue, Johnny? No, because I, 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 I won another bet from you. I thought we were all square, but. Um, okay, yeah. yeah, whatever. Um, whatever lets you sleep at night's good with me. So question for you, what do you think of Ridley's speech? So it was interesting. And you and I talked a little bit about it. Um, he's spot on. I mean, the guy won the U.S. Amateur. He's easily the most decorated amateur in all of golf right now. Probably the most powerful being the chairman of, of Augusta. And I listened to every word he said. And every freaking word he said was calculated, was absolutely spot on, talked about the USJ, the conforming of the rules and this, that, and the other, and where the game is going and all the charities and this, that, and the other. And then as soon as he got asked about Phil, I mean, he started going, uh, uh, you heard it, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I noticed it right off the bat. I'm like, wow. I mean, how is he not prepped for something like that? You, you've got to know that they're going to ask you some Phil questions. Um, but he was, he was, uh, every time he spoke, it was, Okay, I got to think about what I was going to say. Okay, I'm going to say it. Uh, yeah. Think about what I want to say, and I'm going to say it. And um, thought it was quite interesting, to be honest with you. I I I, I thought we like talk about getting a cat taking your tongue. Right. I thought he, he I thought the cat got his tongue there, and he couldn't he couldn't go on to the next question fast enough. Yeah, and he made a point to say that Phil was welcome to play there and three time champion and all this, which you know. We'll never know the, the exact story, but uh, I, I don't think that Phil, I mean, what a puss Phil is for just texting to Ridley that he's not going to play. What I mean, come on, man. He's got to be, grow a nutsack. He's got to be a bigger man than that. He sent Ridley a text. Come on. And, and when do you think, when do you think we see Phil? Well, um, he's the defending. PGA I don't think we're going to see him ever again on the PGA tour. Really? Yep. Ever. Wow. Mark it down. That's my next steak dinner bet. Wow. Because he, here's the deal. The Saudi league just came out today. They've already got their turn. They've already got their dates, right? I mean, not, we don't need to go through their dates, but they've already got dates all over the world. They just announced today that two world number ones and a Ryder cup legend uh, have joined the league. And that, you know, as you and I discussed earlier, it's probably Westy Poulter, Adam Scott, possibly, and, and Luke Donald. And so once Phil, starts playing these things, any of those guys, they're not going to, I don't think they're ever going to get back on the PGA Tour. But Phil never has committed to this, has he? Oh, I think he's the one who paid for the attorneys and all that. I mean, I, I think that they pretty much, pretty much know that Phil's the guy. Because I, I'm wondering, you know, you know, there's a couple different things, right? The PGA Tour and the PGA of America, they don't like each other. Not a lot, no. And, he, and he's a defending champion of the PGA Championship. Yeah, I mean, so are you are you intimating that maybe he'll play in Tulsa? I'm just wondering if there is a chance. You know, time heals. But again, the big thing is going to be the press conference, like him getting in front of these sharks, you know what I mean, that are going to just yeah. go after him, you know, and how does he handle it? Or is he able to – does it ruin his reputation if he goes and says, I'm not going in front of the press? Not answering any questions. I'm just gonna go play golf. No, he's got too big ego. He's gonna go in front of the press at some point in time. But again, the only four tournaments he can technically play in now are the four majors because 
uh, none of them are run by the PGA Tour. I mean, the PGA Tour is a big event, obviously, the players, but they have no jurisdiction over the four majors. And so, you know, I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. It, like we talked about, had he played the Masters or whatever, wherever he plays for the first time is going to be a shit show. It's going to be nuts, yeah. right? Yeah, it is. You're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. It's, uh, and, 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 and going off of that, when do you think this is the next time we see Tiger? I don't think it'll be before the PGA, if it's the PGA. Um, I don't know how they'll set up the golf course at the country club in, in Brookline. Um, you know, typically, as you know, uh, playing in USGA events, they're going to make the rough long and thick and make it as tough to play as possible. Um, but from my memory, I don't think it's a big piece of property. So, you know, um, he's whatever, he's already got his mindset on the open at St. Andrews. And I think it's whatever is going to prepare him to play at St. Andrews is what his schedule is going to dictate. He said his body's going to dictate that, but Tiger's too much of a plotter and a planner. And now that he's figured out that he can play 72 holes at Augusta, he's probably got a decent plan in mind of where he wants to play. Yeah, I, I think he's, uh, I think he's going to try to prepare for each event, but his, like you said, his body's going to make the decision. So right. I think he's going to prepare. I'm just wondering if he will play two weeks before to give his body a rest the week before, or will yeah. he play the week before a major? Now he won't in the open championship, no. but I'm wondering if he'll play two weeks prior to the U S open and two weeks prior to the PGA championship. So he gets some tournament stuff and gives him a body a whole week to, to, to be off and then go at it again. But I don't know. That's just kind of my, if, if his body is not ready two weeks prior, I don't think he plays. So. No, and I don't think, you know, obviously the Masters Augusta, it's it's Augusta, right? And he's already said that the Open being at St. Andrews, which is the home of golf, that there's a lot there, you know, sentimental, everything. I don't think that he has, there's no sentimental attachment that he has to the PGA or the U.S. Open. Maybe more the U.S. Open than the PGA. I mean, I, I just, you know, I don't think it's a big deal for him. If his body's not ready, he will not play at the PGA. Uh, getting back to Augusta National, uh, the club itself, I, I really liked what I, I've seen actually in the last four or five years um, with the ladies golf tournament, girls golf tournament coming there on the week yep. uh, prior and ending on the Sunday with the putt, uh, putt chip and drive, drive, drive chip, chip putt, Q-S-T-P. <laughs> um, and then uh, the Lee Elder scholarships that are going into the Ridley uh, College there locally, along with giving back to the community. I think uh, it was a long time running and I like how, I mean, look, let's be honest, man, that place makes so much money uh, last week. It's stupid. They and do. it's good that they're starting to give back. And I, I know that there's been pressure from other people to have this done. And I think, um, I think they're doing a sensational job by, by supporting locally and, and, and giving back to the, the junior golf of the world. So um, I agree. Kudos I to agree. them. So um all right um anything else on your mind scotty no yes there is my golf trip tomorrow i can't wait man i can't yeah. wait to go back and and uh head yeah. down to aiken and play my beloved palmetto bud when's your next 30, you got any 30, 36 36 holes a day or what are you gonna do pretty much yeah we i yeah. get in at about noon tomorrow play 18 tomorrow and probably 36 thursday friday saturday and easter sunday we usually have uh, we just the pros are down there and have a little Sunday fun day. So that'll probably be 18. I don't know how you do it, buddy. I could not play 36. I, I, I'm just going to be honest with you right now. You invite me. I, if I play 36 holes a day 
more than twice, I'd be surprised. Okay. Well, you got the invitations open for you, Johnny, but yeah, it's just yeah. such a long, Fitzy's flying, Fitzy's flying today from Palm Springs. And it's just like, he's going to lose a whole day. Just, you know, no, it's a whole day. You're absolutely right. It's yeah. a whole day. Yeah. Well, um, what do you think about our next podcast for the folks that are probably sitting on the edge of their seat waiting to see we're going to do another one before yeah, or after? Probably, well, it, it's going to be after your recovery time from uh, Palmetto because I know it's uh, it's probably going to be hit hard down there. So um, maybe. Uh, well, 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 uh, you know what? The next podcast will be determined on when you feel it's right and you're, you're back to, to just being focused on getting names right and, uh, and where you are. So. All right. I'll take that uh, medicine. Um, well, it's been great to see you again, Johnny. And I, uh, I miss this. I, if we yeah. could do it every week, it'd be great. I, you know, we, I think we bore people if we did it every week, but uh, I've enjoyed it. I, it was an enjoyable week at the Masters, and uh, yeah, I can't wait to get out of this. It's supposed to snow here uh, Thursday. <laughs> and I'm, and I'm going to try to get some more interviews going on too. So now that you know, we, we kind of, you know, to the viewers out there, we kind of, you know, think that the Masters week is usually the start of golf. Uh, all yes. across the United States. So that's why uh, we're going to probably go a little bit more uh, heavy on, on more podcasts starting uh, after this week. So um, everybody, uh, thank you so much for viewing in. And uh, Scotty, enjoy your trip down there. And uh, we'll see you in the fairway. <laughs>